I don't count my time on the road by holidays. I don't mark time by holidays. Especially not since I've been traveling nomad style across the country over these last three years, uh, now beginning the fourth year. Uh, and so it's my fourth Thanksgiving on the road. And truthfully, I don't even remember where I was for my first Thanksgiving. I'd actually have to consult a lot of different sources to try to figure out what I was doing the first Thanksgiving on the road, literally a month after I started. But it is Thanksgiving in uh, the United States, and uh, it's an opportunity, especially if you're hearing this podcast, on Thanksgiving, I guess, to uh, count blessings. And we'll talk about that in uh, Nomad Thanksgiving, the Bob Davis Podcasts, Podcast 1121. Going back into the mists of time, we have counted our blessings, especially at harvest time. And uh, I guess I have some blessings to count. First of all, uh, as you may or may not know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I have a YouTube channel. And I recently reactivated the YouTube channel after I appeared in a Peter Santinello uh, video on his channel with my guys out here uh, in Arizona. The uh, the thing that we, that we didn't know when uh, I started talking to Peter was this is a guy that has a million subscribers. And as I have often talked about, if you've heard me, if you heard me say it m- more than once, I'm sorry. He said, uh, you better get some videos up because you're going to get action on your channel. So I I did. I did the work. I complied and uh, got some action on the channel. It wasn't anything huge. And I began to grow in terms of subscribers. And it culminated, uh, oddly enough, with the last podcast, Poor Man's Paradise Quartzsite, with 10,000 views for that video and... uh, a number of, of contributions from people to the Bob Davis Podcast.com at the Bob Davis Podcast.com. The only way, if you want to support what I'm doing, the only way to do it is through the Bob Davis Podcast.com. There's a donate window. Click on that. You can set up a monthly payment, as many have done, or you can uh, send me whatever you want to send me. Everything is appreciated. Generally, it goes right in the tank uh, and uh, it just sits in that PayPal account and I use it when I have to. That's the whole idea of the contributions. I do have some people to thank. Matt Ashley, in particular, who sent me $50. There's a couple of other people. Paul Beach, $10. Thank you. Paul is on uh, a monthly uh, payment thing, which is really great. So is Mike Murphy. Thanks again for $20. And thanks to all of you who have subscribed to the Bob Davis Podcasts on YouTube. You just go to YouTube at Bob Davis Podcasts. And you'll find it, uh, I would appreciate a, a subscription. And thank you for the views. And thank you for subscribing to the Bob Davis Podcast at iTunes and all the other places, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Generally, you can find the Bob Davis Podcast. I, without belaboring this, I just want to say that I don't do YouTube the way most people do YouTube in the sense that if they're doing podcasts, they record their podcast at the same time, and that's a video as well as a podcast. I don't like that. 
and, and I don't like it because I think the audio podcasts should be sacrosanct and that content should be created specifically for an audio podcast because it's a different medium and then uh, you should create different kind of a different kind of content for YouTube, which I'm doing. So when you watch me on YouTube, it's different content. Uh, it's maybe on the same subject, but usually I will do the YouTube videos after I do the podcast because the podcast itself is kind of a process of self-discovery. If you're doing it in any authentic way, then you're going to discover the topic uh, as you do the podcast. You don't discover the topic and then go and do the same uh, the same content on YouTube because you're just repeating. And now some of the content will seem similar, but it's a different approach. It's a different you know angle. Uh, and I've had some time to think about the stuff I said in the podcast, so then I can sort of add a new wrinkle or. Uh, uh, talk about slightly different things in the in the different content on the same subject on YouTube. And the YouTube videos are a little shorter. Sometimes they're 24 minutes, 17 minutes, whatever. Sometimes they're longer. This last one was 25 minutes. Sometimes I do shorts. But anyway, you'll see when you go to the Bob Davis Podcast YouTube channel. Thank you for subscribing and listening and doing all the things. Counting your blessings. Ah. <sighs> And I guess, for the for lack of any better way to describe it, it's almost uh, really uh, it has become so heavily used that it's almost uh, a caricature, almost a meme, and that is uh, counting your blessing or practicing uh, the subtle uh, art of gratitude where uh, if you're feeling bad or if you uh, are not quite all there, you you sort of count your blessings. And I get it. I've done it. I appreciate it. I'm I'm feeling a little I'm feeling a little fatigued and a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say out of sorts, just I don't do the holiday stuff generally speaking and this isn't I'm not gonna go into a big cut on the holidays I'm just saying that uh, right now I, I definitely count my blessings when it's appropriate and when I feel that I need to the idea of Thanksgiving goes back into the mists of time and it was uh, a way for people to count their blessings after uh, a war or after a particularly good harvest and that is what the uh, pilgrims were doing, and that is what the settlers in Virginia were doing. Thanking uh, God for smiling upon them because uh, those days, 1600s uh, and back, life was short and violent. So uh, anytime you managed to survive, you were uh, very thankful because the uh, reality was people died from disease, they died from uh, violence, uh, there were wars, and surviving itself was a challenge even in Europe back in those days. Remember that it would, been, it would have been in their, in their contemporary memory, things like the plague, even though it had happened uh, 150 years or whatever before uh, the, the pilgrims and before the settlers in Virginia. Uh, look, they would have they would have counted their blessings uh, if given the opportunity because they were probably a little bit more religious. And in addition to that, we are uh, we continue to deny in in many ways, despite all the problems that we have, 
how really easy our life is in comparison to uh, the people that lived uh, three, four hundred years ago. So I don't, I, I, coming down off of 10,000 views for a video and spending a lot of time monitoring comments and things of that nature, because that's what you have to do. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little emotionally exhausted as we head into Thanksgiving and our plans here, uh, we, we are going to go to the Coyote and get ourselves a store-bought Thanksgiving dinner. And they're going to be really good. Last year, I was at the Coyote at this time. And they, they had these signs up that said, hey, you can sign up for Thanksgiving dinner. And I never did. And the di Thanksgiving arrived, and I happened to be at the store. And I was watching. I was watching Brenda, who runs, owns the place. And she was uh, back in this sort of assembly line in one of the kitchens cranking out these Thanksgiving dinners and I immediately regretted not <laughs> not getting one so this year I signed up for the small one and you go Thanksgiving Day and pick it up and it's warm and we're going to bring it back here to the campsite and we're going to set the we've already we're, we've got the tables ready thank you Bill gave us his tables we're going to set the tables up and then we're going to have our little Thanksgiving dinner here and that will be our nomad Thanksgiving uh, it is uh, it is something to to actually be grateful for that it is not a family Thanksgiving. Some people have wonderful family Thanksgivings. Uh, my experience with Thanksgiving <laughs> is uh, like many people's, you know, Thanksgiving dinners. Most of the time, my father ended up passed out on the couch, and my mother tried to get him up. Uh, I remember the time that the dog uh, pulled the turkey off of the table and ate about half of it. I don't even know what happened that year. Uh, Thanksgivings are generally uh, fraught affairs because there's so much pressure to get the dinner out and and uh, for the people that are cooking. And it gives people who are watching football or whatever it is that you do on Thanksgiving time to consume alcoholic beverages rather than, uh, it, you know, piously counting your uh, blessings. You're counting the beers and watching football games. It was Lincoln who made uh, Thanksgiving a national holiday, and it was Roosevelt who moved it so that uh, we would to the, I think it's the third Thursday in November, because there would be more time uh, to shop. So Roosevelt, uh, for a, a commercial reason, moved the holiday to what we have in the present day in the United States. And uh, it is celebrated in places like Canada and, and, and across the world in various areas, and, and actually on this day in other parts of, the, of Europe as well. So it's not just the United States that celebrates Thanksgiving. It's weirdly uh, an American holiday for a lot of uh, reasons, but uh, I, I don't want to talk about Thanksgiving during this entire podcast because there's other things that I want to talk about, and we'll get to those in the second half of this podcast. I almost hate to say this, but it's true. Uh, it is gray. It is it is going to be slate gray and and deathly, deathly cold in uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul in a very short period of time. And this period of time, generally speaking, is devoid of color. So if you're thinking of trying to figure out what can I do to get some color into this house, especially if, you, if you're if you married and, and if you're a woman and you're in charge of the house or you're a man and you're in charge of the house, this is uh, something to think about. But it's a great Christmas present. 
Uh, for most people, man, woman, marriage, you know, the man doesn't know what to get the wife, right? So a really great Christmas present would be to contact GardenGurusMN.com in Minneapolis and St. Paul. They have these things that they call Christmas pots and uh, or holiday pots, if you will. They're, they're just very colorful arrangements of um, plants that will last pretty much through the winter. They will carry their color all the way through till uh, maybe there's a hint of spring. We will have spring down here far earlier than people up north, but it's a great thing. And they're big, they're big pots. So they can either, they can go right inside your entryway to provide a little bit of color. And I know somebody in your household will very much appreciate that. Maybe mom and dad in their, in their, uh, or grandma and grandpa would really appreciate a couple of pots and they can be delivered. So uh, check out GardenGurusMN.com. If you go to their website there, it's right on the website. You can see what they look like and figure out how to schedule, uh, I guess, a delivery. So GardenGurusMN.com. So we will have a Thanksgiving of fellow travelers out here in the desert. We'll get our store-bought uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and I'm sure it will be uh, easier than uh, a family Thanksgiving to a large degree. It, it isn't that I don't miss my family, but my experience with holidays is that people put an enormous amount of pressure on themselves and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have Christmas parties and we have get-togethers and we have it's more social it's cold generally speaking uh, even down here it's not 120 degrees I can tell you that it's a different vibe than uh, summer many of these holidays were designed to help people get through the, the dark and cold winter months and social activity was important but a great deal of uh, pressure is placed on people to uh, have these incredibly meaningful experiences at this time of the year, starting with Thanksgiving. Many times they're not incredibly meaningful. Many times they're <laughs> grossly traumatic for people. Uh, all the way up to and including uh, Christmas and sort of peaking with the insanity uh, it, it, that is alcohol-fueled uh, at, at New Year's. And for a lot of people uh, who are adults today, the, the holidays were alcohol-fueled anger and frustration, alcohol-related uh, problems, all the way up to uh, up and including New Year's and then ev eventually the... Uh, the Super Bowl, <laughs> the Super Bowl weekend. So, uh, I, you know, people have different different takeaways from this season. And I used to say, when I was on the radio, I used to say, hey, just want to let everybody know, it, it's not, you don't have to have the, the perfect present. You don't have to have the perfect, uh, beautiful house that lives up to this incredibly uh, Martha Stewart, this incredibly uh, unattainable Martha Stewart standard. You don't have to have everyone in the family smiling and happy. All of that is an illusion. Now, that doesn't mean that your Christmas or your Thanksgiving isn't going to be that way. But in general, uh, that's what happens uh, this time of the year. Time compresses. As a kid, I can say that I just wanted to get to the point where it was warm. You just get out of the cold, really. 
so it, it, when I say time is compressed, I mean that it's the same amount of time. It's 30 days to 60 days. That's two months uh, that you would uh, you would that would go by in a flash in the middle of summer, because you're just not thinking about uh, all these things. In the winter, you you concentrate on these holidays, or many families do. This is what we're doing for Christmas. This is what we're doing for Thanksgiving. This is what we're doing for New Year's. This is what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. We need to get presents. We need to get all this, the, these things. We need to get ornaments. We have to put the tree up. We have to get presents for the kids. We have to have, and that's Christmas. And of course, Thanksgiving, it starts with the meal. And the original Thanksgiving was, let's get some stuff together, throw down a meal and invite some friends over that we want to thank. That was it. There was no, uh, it wasn't this high bar of, of uh, what people expect for emotional gratification. I'm counting my blessings that I'm going to be with friends here out in the desert. We're outside and we're going to have a store-bought meal and we're going to eat and we're going to have a good time and give each other a hard time and basically enjoy ourselves. And there won't be any uh, there won't be any deep family, deep-seated family issues that need to be resolved at the at the Thanksgiving table, which is the source of so much, uh, uh, so many comedic sketches that we're familiar with. Sometimes you have to say, "Did I get up early today? Did I eat? Did I brush my teeth? You know, am I keeping clean? Am I keeping my my rig clean?" Uh, do I need to get some stuff and, and re-rig this or re-rig that? Do I have something to do while I'm out here uh, to be able to sustain myself and sustain myself mentally? In uh, a, a person who is making really a, a, a significant commitment to, to this type, this nomad lifestyle, people ask me, are you just going to do this? For the rest of your life and i laugh because uh i i don't think i have a problem with that i don't feel like i want to go live in a house i don't feel like i want to buy property and generally speaking i look at it and i say why would i do that this is a little different and it's hard to talk about because i don't want to do something where i talk about the commitment to know in life and say that you count your blessings because it's a, this amazing experience yes sometimes it is like a dream but sometimes it can be really hard. And I, I don't mean to say it's hard when you consider, again, the, the short, violent life of uh, the Plains Indians or the short, violent life of the Pilgrims or the two or three successive colonies in Virginia that failed before they finally got one that worked. Because by, that, by those standards, this is a, this is a very uh, relaxing uh, and safe experience. But, like I said, I don't have a house to go to that I say, oh, this is my home. My rig is my home. And I don't uh, have, uh, I can't just go, oh, we're going to go over to, we're going to go up to the lake and it's an hour drive, or we're going to go over to grandma's house and it's 15 minutes away. I don't have that. And anyone out here, generally speaking, we don't have that. So we have to make do, so to speak. We don't do the family thing. So when, when I talk about commitment to nomad life along these lines and counting your blessings for nomad life, the question comes up, why are you doing this? And one of the things that I wanted to say is, sometimes the answer is, I don't know. And that's okay. Sometimes the answer is, 
why am I doing this? Sometimes the answer is, well, I'm working on that. And every year I, I kind of go through this moment where I have to really think, do I want to keep doing this for another year? And I mean, I always decide that I do. Because as I said, uh, I think I said at the beginning of the podcast, maybe I didn't, that I made, a, uh, I, I made a, an intuitive decision, which actually turned out to be the right thing for me at the time. So every year, shortly after Halloween, we get into November, we get into Thanksgiving season, and I start thinking, well, you know, I'm not going to drive 3,000 miles to Minnesota or Wisconsin to have Thanksgiving dinner. I'm certainly not going to do that. Why? Because what happens is it starts pulling on the heartstrings. And I'm going to feel a lot better when I actually start moving again, when I get rolling to head over to Florida in March, uh, then I'll, I will feel better because I always feel better when I'm, when I'm moving. And I think it has to do with the, the short-term goals that you have when you're traveling. Where am I going to go tonight? Where am I going to be tomorrow? What, what time will I get there? And then you get there and you know, you're, you're a nomad. So you're living in your rig and you're hanging out and talking to people, but you're not going to be there for a long period of time. And summer is usually our go time for travel, either going back home or going and doing things we want to do. But I don't do this so I can take pictures of my vehicle in national parks. I don't do this because I had this dream of going to all the national forest campgrounds or traveling to all these amazing places. That wasn't, that wasn't why I did it. Sometimes I'm not quite sure why I did it. I felt compelled to do it because uh, there's something about, as, as I've often talked about, there's something about being on the open road, something about travel. And I found all of this in Quartzsite as a result. That was, a, that was, a, that was, the, uh, that was the raw material that was the abundant product of travel was finding Quartzsite where you kind of hang out. Uh, I, I didn't know what I was doing when I came here the first time. And really the second time that I came here, the second year was just because uh, I had I had been called away uh, in January of the first year because my mom passed away. So I really didn't get a chance to sort of spend the winter here. The third year, last year, I spent the pretty much most of the winter here. And then I was called away on March 17th. So hopefully sometime in the fourth year, I can spend a little bit more time here. But when I stop, that's when I have to really work on counting my blessings, figuring out what I'm doing and why. So then this whole process starts over again. And then, it's, and then I will hit on, okay, this is what I'm going to do in the next cycle of travel. And this is where I'm going to go. And this is, how, this is hopefully how things are going to change uh, in terms of what I'm doing. Never really have I seriously considered, you know, I got to quit doing this. I have to figure out a place where I'm going to live. Because every time I think about living in a place, I'm like, well, then, you know, I'll be there. You know, I'll be in Williams, Arizona, or I'll be in, uh, you know, someplace in uh, New Mexico, or I'll be back up in Wisconsin. So without the ability to say, I'm leaving next week, and I'm going to New Hampshire, or I'm going to uh, hang out with some friends in Missouri, or I'm going to California and looking forward to that journey and planning for it and saving for it and everything else, I, I, I don't think I'd be very happy because what am I going to do? 
once a person does this for a while, they can't imagine life any other way, I think. I mean, I, I don't know if other people have. I know that's how I feel. I don't know if other people have that same uh, feeling. It feels like there's no other, there's no other, there's no other way to live. Uh, and so that's when you know, that's when a person knows that uh, this is what they want to do, and they know why because. Uh, it's ever changing, and and then there's a learning process. Every day is a learning process, in in uh, in in self discovery. Every day is a learning process in terms of discovering how to do this easier and better. Hey, what is that guy doing? What does that guy have? That's interesting, that sort of thing. But I think the most significant, and this is what I talk about. I don't I don't talk about batteries and you know uh, things like that. And, and I don't contact companies that go, hey, you should give me a sleeping bag so I can report on what it feels like. I mean, who cares? There's plenty of people doing that. What the real benefit of this is, if you're paying attention, is self-discovery. There's a process of self-discovery. And there's a process of learning. Even if you had discipline, maybe you discover something else. But for me, it's discovering the discipline which comes naturally it's discovering the process of uh, my own mind it's discovering that sometimes when things are going really well i try to create a problem and i create i'll create chaos because i can function better in chaos because i do better in in uh, crisis situations so why not create one <laughs> It's discovering all those things. That process of learning, even when the wheels aren't turning, is really a, a huge part of this whole thing. I don't know if other people that do this have that same reaction. I, I kind of do have demarcations of year one, year two, year three, year four. That's why I do those podcasts. One of the things I do like is saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna begin the, on Halloween. We're gonna do the podcast. We're gonna and then psychologically, I will begin the process of resetting. How is your fourth year gonna be different? What are you gonna do? How? What is your plan to 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 try to go a little deeper without being uh, go a little deeper? Period. Without preaching, but to say, is there something else that I can do that's gonna be uh, a deeper experience. That's part of this this commitment to doing this, which for me just comes very naturally. I don't feel like I'm not going to sit here and say, if you're going to do this, you have to have a commitment to it. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you want to do. I don't care. It's not, it, it's not incumbent upon me to decide whether somebody has a commitment to it or doesn't have a commitment to it or has a commitment to this as a movement, some kind of social movement, or doesn't because it's not about them in this particular case it's about what i want and what i'm doing it for and i can't imagine any other way the word commitment never occurred to me other than <laughs> maybe you ought to be committed <laughs> it the word had never occurred to me in terms of uh of of doing this because my uh uh introduction to nomad life was very very organic and very heartfelt and very intuitive it wasn't 
I didn't read 15 books on it and watch videos and figure out where everything was and how to go and whatever. It was a process of, of both discovery and more importantly, a process of self-discovery. And as far as counting one's blessings, that is something I count with a very high priority in my list of blessings this year for this Nomad Thanksgiving. Gotta thank 36 Lynn, the independently owned and operated refueling station in South Minneapolis. Yes, fuel is getting cheaper, stunningly and shockingly. And that's good, but you always get a better deal on fuel at 36 Lynn because it is an independent refueling station. They get a better deal on fuel. They can pass that on to customers. The secret sauce with 36 Lynn is in the store. Locally sourced food, great coffee. They have Peace Coffee, and they have locally sourced uh, other features inside the store. It's worth checking them out. Community involved, great sense of humor, great Instagram feed. Check out 36 Lynn, 36th Street South and Lindale Avenue South in South Minneapolis. Happy New Year. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Holiday. Merry Christmas to everybody. Yeah, all you guys back at 36 Lynn. Uh, I have to go into town and make sure that I have uh, the right time to pick up my Thanksgiving dinner. On Thanksgiving, get a couple of pecan pies and some pumpkin pies. I've got a bunch of whipped cream. I think that's all we need. Uh, got a big supply of coffee yesterday from the Walmart in Parker, so we're all good. So enjoy your commemoration of Thanksgiving, however way you do it, because it doesn't matter what your culture is. It's not exclusively an American holiday. Uh, it's a time to count your blessings for whatever you have harvested in life that has been good to you. Thanks for listening to the Bob Davis Podcast, Podcast 1121, No Man Thanksgiving. <sighs> Boop. I got a feeling That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good, good night A feeling That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be a good night That tonight's gonna be